What's up, y'all? Welcome to a surprise Tequila Tuesday episode. We are previewing the PLL first round of the playoffs for you guys just so we could get it up in time for everyone to listen to it. A um, couple other comments on some baseball and football stuff as the preseason closed as well. Hope you guys enjoy the surprise episode. Love you guys so much. Let's have a good one. Let's go. Yeah. Gonna talk a little bit, sip a little bit. Sarah. Kendra, I see you ladies. <laughs> Y'all know what time it is. Uh. <laughs> Looking like you just graduated. Woo. Coming from a place that y'all gravitate. Looking like a boss, I just had to say. I know you got the sauce, no potato bread. I'm Woo. Andy Towers, and you to Let's fucking go. Like what is up party people welcome to an early episode of saturdays and seltzers we wanted to get out our pll playoff show for you guys a little bit early my name is kendra middleton i am joined by sarah griffin um i feel like it's probably a good idea that we're doing this like a normal show just because so much happened this weekend i feel like even though we just talked to each other on thursday and it is now monday true yeah i know been a busy weekend I know I'm also a big fat liar this is our last show of me in this house <laughs> because we're recording so early so that we can get this out this is coming down immediately after this show um HLH since Thursday Sarah what do we have um my high was I had the whole weekend off which was like the first time that's happened in so long so that was fun that was nice to have especially because I don't know when the next time I'll have a weekend off from here on out will be. Um, my low is I've had like anytime I drink, like, cause I have migraine, I have migraine problems to begin with, but anytime I drink, it obviously triggers it like a mm. thousand times worse. So I've been like popping sumatriptan for the last like three days, like every six hours. So I just like a zombie. So I hate oh the way God. it makes you feel, but also it's just so much better than having a migraine. <laughs> Is that like from your car accidents? No, I've had migraines like since high school, I think. It's definitely worse than because I've had like a good amount of concussions. Yeah. And, like... and fractured your skull once or three times. Yeah. So that definitely <laughs> doesn't help when I have like my skull issues thing in general, which doesn't help anything. But yeah, anytime I drink, I know I'm going to have migraine issues. So because I had the weekend off, I took advantage of that and yeah back to bite (laughs) yeah okay all right then my hero to no surprise to anyone taylor swift coming out with a new album october 21st very exciting stuff i'm hyped so that's i didn't know i would not have even known this if it wasn't for you (laughs) well i was even watching the vmas but my sister texted me because i guess it was announced during the vmas not a big award show person yeah and she's like taylor swift's coming out with a new album like I think the song, I think a song coming out at midnight. So I was so tired. I wanted to go to bed at like 11, but then I was like, okay, I'll stay up till midnight. It was just her announcing at midnight that she was coming out with an album called Midnights. And I was like, mm. okay, I definitely could have gone to sleep. <laughs> See, I, if you're new here, I'm like not a Taylor Swift person. Like I want to be, and it's not even that like I'm anti-girls girl. I just I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't get her music. I just, it's not for me, but I will listen to the album because I hate feeling like when things come out, I hate feeling left out of the conversation. 
that's how I feel with like every big album that comes out even if it's like an artist I'm not interested in it I'll I'll still listen just so I can be part of the conversation yeah like I don't want to be left out on Twitter like that's not fun (laughs) so yeah I'll listen I don't know I I feel like I always listen to her stuff just because it's always such a big deal but Mm -hmm. I don't know um my high is that Devin Lloyd played a little bit in the Jags last preseason game this weekend and he looks like he's gonna fit in just fine um the Jags drafted him later in the first round this year and he was injured and didn't really get any snaps during the preseason so he played a little bit I think he's gonna be fine um so that's a big high obviously like a sense of relief like even if it is preseason and you're playing against guys who are kind of fighting on a for a roster spot on the other side like the fact that you can like even kind of fit in in an in the, like any NFL situation, I think is huge. Um, my low is that, okay, I don't, I don't think that you got this option just because you have a private Instagram, because that's like the social media that you decide like to kind of, you know, keep to yourself. Yeah. But Instagram offered me the option this weekend to like have subscribers. And whenever I get these like Instagram, like try it out, like they do these like apps that you can try out sometimes to like have different effects or like stuff like that I always take it because usually like worst case like you don't use it or you can turn it off but Mm -hmm. they offered me the option to have people subscribe to content on my Instagram and you can't turn it off and it sent a notification to every single person that follows me that you yeah I I did get that notification I was like (laughs) so many people were like messaging me and tweeting me like oh my god you're like charging people for your Instagram content now and I'm like dude no I just can't fucking turn it off and I didn't know that it was gonna send a notification to like the 13,000 people that follow me that's wild yeah I like because I also saw that and I assumed that that wasn't you doing it on purpose but then just kind of in general, I'm like, what content would anyone be charging for on Instagram? Yeah. Like Instagram's dying. No one's going to pay for anyone's content. Yeah, exactly. And it's like the fact that you can't even turn it off. I'm like, I don't want anybody giving me money for my Instagram content. Like, I'm really not that entertaining. Like, I have Twitch. I don't have OnlyFans. So, like, if you really want to, like, subscribe to my content on Twitch, like, that's the platform for it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand what the fuck Instagram is doing that's bizarre yeah I don't know I feel like that's just one of their like last like resorts but also like again the app's dying already making a paywall for some like creators is not going to help you in any way no one wants to pay for it someone did suggest that I start selling fee picks on there which isn't a bad idea (laughs) (laughs) but like I don't know like I don't want anybody to subscribe to my Instagram content like my Instagram's like I don't know I just thought that was weird. Like, I understand the idea behind, like, if you want to have that on Instagram, but you should absolutely be able to fucking turn it off and not send a notification to every single person that follows you. Yeah, that's batshit insane that they sent that to everyone because I did get that. I just didn't really think much of it. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, I, like, it should also tell you that it's gonna do that. Like, yeah. Ugh, that's so annoying. Um, and then my other low is the city of Boston because they have the entire green line extension shut down and the orange line extension shut down, and the buses stop running the same time as they always do, even though fucking half of the public transportation in this city is shut down. So I had to get off at the closest stop the other night to my house, which was 
a mile and a half away at 1 a.m. because the Red Sox went into extra innings. Like, are we fucking kidding? And Uber was $65. Uber, I mean, obviously Uber prices in Boston are always insane, but especially since the transit shutdown is just absurd. Absurd. What were they thinking? They weren't. (laughs) Like, I get that, like, the green line is running behind because, like, our, our stop was supposed to open, like, forever ago and it was, like, four months late. And it's like, okay, you guys say you're gonna shut down public transit for a month but it's really going to be like two and a hundred thousand students are moving back into this city while you do this I didn't even think of that yeah there could not be worse timing for this because that is just such a large influx of people come September 1st and and students now because it's like at least like the minimum of two weeks without transportation for students you're adding a hundred thousand more people into this mix and now they don't have transportation to class and shit like I'm like, they're I get, real college kids. Yeah, and I get you can't do it in the winter, but why the fuck wouldn't you have fixed the orange line in May when everyone went home? Yeah, like you had oh, all summer. Yeah, it's also tourist season. Like, what the fuck are we? I just, it, I have chills. I'm so angry. Like, I'm so angry. The amount I have spent on Uber and the fact that they aren't having, like, the buses run later and shit like that. Like, this city, incompetent with public mm-hmm. transportation. Like once it's all said and done, it'll be fine. And like, yeah, I understand. Actually, someone tweeted me the other day because I tweeted MBTA and I was like, you guys are so incompetent. It's unreal. And they were like, you're so privileged. You have 15,000 followers on Twitter. Someone will give you a ride, rent a car, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, one, I can't afford to rent a car. Two, I'm not going to ask strangers for a ride. Three, I do have a car, but that doesn't help drinking and driving. And four, on top of that, Sumner Tunnel is under construction. So it's like either you don't go to Eastie or you don't go outside of the North End. Like what, like what, what do you want? <laughs> insane. I know. Insane. I just went on such an insane rant about dissertation, but I don't care. <laughs> um, and then my hero is the Corn Kid remix. I can't stop singing it. <laughs> I can't. It's been in my head for days. <laughs> The videos of the, it is and the videos of the cats twerking to it on tiktok oh i don't think i've seen those oh my god there's like multiple at this point like you know the part when it's like it has the juice yeah <laughs> there's like cats twerking on tiktok <laughs> to like that part of the song i don't know maybe i'm like getting a little far <laughs> into it now but like i'm obsessed it's like my entire for you page um baseball stuff I see you have a baseball note uh yeah just MLB Players Association launched a campaign I believe it was like last night around midnight a campaign to unionize minor leaguers I think this is great I'm sure it's definitely going to be a very long process but it's the overdue thing and hopefully it brings some actual change I feel like slowly but surely there's been steps in the right direction towards this but like this is kind of like that big moment everyone has been waiting for and I think this will be huge for minor leaguers obviously they're going up against a tough like MLB Rob Manfred they're all fucked they're horrible at these type of things yeah but I guess we'll see I mean I hate to be like the kind of person who's like because our next point is kind of I feel the same way about it I hate to be like okay B or C for effort but like at least something's happening 
but that's like you kind of have to take these things that way because this should have happened a long time ago obviously and I hate to be like well at least it's happening but like that's kind of where I'm at yeah it's definitely long overdue again who knows what the result of it's even going to be but I guess yeah just happy enough that something's finally there's been some sort of step in the right direction yeah I mean we've we talked about this probably god like in March or something maybe like we Mm -hmm. like when all that stuff was going on I just it's crazy to me like we talk about all the time how the NFL has its issues with domestic violence and stuff like that but it's like every league really does have their issues because like if you can't take care of your players and stuff like what what are you even doing yeah yeah they do not take care of the minor leaguers whatsoever but no dude we'll see the horror stories that came out earlier this year are just tragic like five dudes sharing a two-bedroom house you know i just sheesh um couple nfl notes Obviously, the Matt Ariza stuff happened this weekend. If you haven't heard about it, he was the punter that the Bills took in the draft this year. He was a rookie. One of the best punters I've ever seen. I was really high on him. Like, probably, I mean, he was kicking 70, 80 yard punts in the preseason. Like, kids, just a beast. But if you haven't seen this, like, actual, like, horrifying story, he, um, was involved in a gang rape of a minor and was released by the bills earlier this week. I just am so one shocked by this Two, Like I said, the bills, like I was saying with like our prior point, it's like the bills knew about this since like, it seems like July maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did cut him. And it's like, honestly, just like the gross shit I've seen on Twitter about this, same as the Deshaun Watson case. Like I just, my faith in humanity is very low. Yeah, I don't really think there's much to be celebrated here other than the Bills doing the bare minimum. Like, but again, they if they knew about this, which it sounds like they did, then it shouldn't even been a thing to begin with. And Honestly, I read the details of that case. It's just like gruesome and horrifying. Yeah. Very scary stuff. Uh, I don't know. There's, again, nothing really to celebrate in this. I'm glad that they did cut him when they did, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like I tweeted yesterday and I was like, good for the bills. And it's like, yes, it is the bare minimum, the absolute bare minimum. And a lot of people were saying like they've known since July and stuff like that. And I get that legal shit has to play out. I get that there are contracts involved. I get some of that shit. But it's like, at this point, like not saying this is a point to be celebrated, but the fact that they let him go, Mm -hmm. that's kind of a big deal. Like, I'm sorry. Like it is like, I, I'm not saying good for you. You guys let someone who sexually assaulted a minor, like a minor go, but it's like with everything that we've seen going on in the NFL, it's more than other teams are fucking doing. Yeah, I was say I did see the statement from the Bills GM just kind of being like, winning football games isn't as important as the culture we want. Like, so it is especially nice to see following all the Deshaun Watson stuff and the way the Browns handled that or didn't handle that, I guess you could say. So it is nice to see that at the end of the day, there are some people that care more about like that type of stuff rather than just winning football games. But yeah. Again, it's just like, okay, we're clapping for you weren't a the bare minimum. Piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, we talked about this last week. Like, 
I was saying how I much prefer, like I would rather have a team go 500 on the season and have a fucking good group of lads in my locker room than have a bunch of fucking Deshaun Watson, Kareem Hunt type and win a fucking Super Bowl. You know, like Mm -hmm. that shit matters. It matters to your fans. It matters to your culture. It matters to people who are watching because people are always watching. Mm -hmm. And women are always watching because everyone has a mom, a daughter, a sister, a wife, a girlfriend. Like there is a woman in your life to some capacity. Amen. Amen, sister. Um, I don't think we have anything else like depressing to talk about the rest of the show. So that's good. You're welcome. You guys got through it. Um, we talked last week about the Jared Bernhardt stuff. I watched the game yesterday, texted you a little bit about it. He wasn't targeted a whole lot. I think he had one target and one catch for 14 yards. I think he's making this team. I was say, like I said, I've been keeping up strictly through Twitter. Now my whole feed is just like Falcon stuff. Cause that's what Twitter thinks I'm interested in now. Mm-hmm. But again, everything I've read, like, like you said, it's just said he's like on the cusp. Sounds yeah. like he could make it like, like you said, it's not like he had this huge game, but I don't know. Uh, should be interesting to see. Yeah. I have a theory that he's making the team for a couple of reasons. One, the broadcast did not shut the fuck up about him yesterday. Like at all. They talked about him so much. The, the on-field reporter was asking questions to other people about him. They talked about the sport crossover all the time, talking about how he could be a weapon in multiple different ways, just because he is an athlete. He might be able to do, you know, some special team stuff. He can catch the ball. Like he's kind of like a Swiss army type of like player, not so much as like mm-hmm. maybe the Taysom Hill type, but like he's there. And it's like, he didn't get a ton of targets in a third preseason game, which I think means that he probably doesn't have to prove himself and what he can do. And two, maybe they're trying to keep the kid a little healthier. I'm not saying that this is for sure. I'm not saying this is fact. I think that he's close enough to that cusp though, for me to feel comfortable with him making the team just because of the versatility piece. Mm -hmm. So I I honestly think that he might make this roster tomorrow, come tomorrow at four o'clock. I hope so. Maybe I'll pay more attention then. Yeah. So (laughs) is Sarah going to become a Falcons fan? (laughs) Imagine. That would be awesome. I I would love that. that. (laughs) I would. If Sarah started repping Atlanta, I think that the world (laughs) would crumble. (laughs) I hate that. I would love that. Like if you became a fucking Falcons fan, one, they are playing in Tom Brady's division. And two, like the city of Atlanta and Sarah, just there could not be more opposite things. And I'm here for that. Uh, Yeah, uh, we'll probably make an announcement or a post or something like that. But we are manifesting that he's on the roster. Yes, yes, we are. I'm he saying, you know, he's on this fucking roster. He made it. All it takes exposed is not getting my ass. He's on the <laughs> roster. <laughs> um, Two more, oh yeah, two or three more things for football before we get into our PLL preview. Jacoby Brissett, I thought this was hilarious. Uh, a reporter asked him the other day, if it was like what he thought about potentially having expectations to be Deshaun Watson on him. And he goes, 
it's very easy for me to not be Deshaun Watson. Trust me. Slay. <laughs> Big slay. Big slay. I just had to mention that because I thought it was such a fucking funny clip. Obviously, it's a dumb question by the reporter. And maybe yeah. they were just looking for clickbait or something like that. Because obviously, like, he doesn't want to be... Who would want to be Deshaun right now? Unless you're a psycho. Also, I can't stop staring at my pinky. It's so gross. <laughs> Every time I talk with my hands, I'm like, I literally look like... <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought that, that was too funny not to share. Um, the other thing I want to talk about the Browns. Did you see that someone... Like, there's debate of like what was actually being held on the sidelines but like it looks like someone was holding like a baggie of weed I did see this I it someone was like it's I think it was Steph Smalls who was like it's just a bag of seeds not like you know whatever I don't know man yeah I don't I just saw like the screenshots on Twitter and stuff I didn't like look too deep into it I thought it looked like weed like it does (laughs) not look it does not look like seeds. No. Mm-mm. No. It really, no. it really doesn't. I want to, like, I, I really, I, unless we're talking about, you know, like that kind of seeds, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. As, your, as the podcast resident stoner, I'm going no. <laughs> Especially someone said, like, this might be my tweet of the week. Someone said it was the Bishop Sycamore of the NFL. And I thought that was fucking incredible did you see today's the one year anniversary of the bishop sycamore stuff no i popped up i think i retweeted it yeah today's the one year anniversary that's awesome that was a great time to be on the internet it really was that was like peak internet that was peak internet sometimes like twitter could be a toxic place man but sometimes <laughs> It, it keeps oh, my mental funny. health in check by making me feel good about myself. <laughs> um, that being said, preseason's over. My Jags wrap up. I feel like the roster for the Jags is pretty much solidified. Unfortunately, I think LaVisca Chenault is going to make this roster just because we go back to that versatility piece being so important on a 53-man roster. I think that he could maybe pick up some reps at running back or like the special teams unit. I don't know. Like, I think he's going to make this roster. I don't want him to. If Tim Jones gets cut though, I'm going to fucking riot. I swear to God, I will fly home (laughs) and stand outside the stadium with a sign after my move. I'm not kidding. I love that man. And he better make this roster, but yeah, I, I, I'm pretty comfy with the roster and like who I think is going to make it. I think the offensive line is pretty solidified. So onward and upward go Jags. Um, PLL stuff. We are in the postseason party, people. I guess we can start with the Chrome Chaos game, even though, yeah, let's do that because I want to get it out of the way because it's going to break me as a human being. Yeah, I so say we can just go in order of the games on Saturday. Yeah. So, Saturday starting at noon, I'm assuming you're going to be there. I will all day long. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not going to, I might go. I don't know. Maybe we'll see <laughs> how my move is going. Um, I really want to go, but yeah. Um, okay. Chaos Chrome is going to be the death of me. <sighs> I don't even know where to start with this. Okay. Do I think here's the thing. 
let me ask you this because I don't know this answer. How important is having experience in a playoff type situation? Because we know the chaos has a lot of it. Yeah, I think it's definitely super important, especially seeing as like the chaos have made these deep playoff runs. You know, they're the reigning champions. I don't think that's anything to overlook in this. Like, yeah, they have not had a great season by any means, but I think there's a lot to be optimistic for with the fact they have all this playoff experience. Whereas the Chrome, this is their first time Mm -hmm. being in this. Like we saw it last year. Only again, we saw it a billion times last year. They're like, oh, chaos, only 3.2% believed in us. Like kind of beating a dead horse that no one believed in them. And I think the chaos, like once they get into the playoffs, they're a whole different animal. Like it is so, and that goes for any team really. You know, we see it all the time in every sport. Like a team can be an absolute like powerhouse all throughout the regular season. And then they get to the playoffs and they just kind of flop. And I feel like we saw that last year with the Atlas. They went on that great run Mm -hmm. in the regular season. And then it was the semifinals in Philly. They didn't even post 10 up against the chaos. I think it was like 14 to nine or something, you know, the Atlas were highly favored in that matchup. And again, you're going against like prime blaze at that time, but in general, it was just very obvious that there was a lot of inexperience on one end. And then this chaos team that's they've been here before, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was kind of why I asked you that question is because we know kind of what to expect out of the chaos. We don't know about the Chrome because they haven't been in this position. So my question for you is the way that this roster is built, they've kind of, they had a lot of momentum early in the season. And because nobody knows what to expect from them in the postseason, do you think that this team is someone that could hurt or help? Um, I see. I think the biggest like asset that Chrome has, like, again, like we know what they have offensively, like with Nauskas, like Nick Turn, they have all these like young, exciting guys. skinoni has been great for them in the net all season. I think the best thing about the Chrome is that they are one of the only teams I would say have the ability to close out games and play a full 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen many games where it's like, all right, the Chrome, like really like still have some slow starts, but you always see them. Like they will push people to the very last second. You never know with them how that game's going to end up. Whereas with the chaos, I feel like we haven't really seen them play a complete game at all. Besides that kind of like blowout game against the cannons and not to discredit the cannons, but if that's your only one complete game is against the one team that was eliminated from playoffs and yeah, I don't know. Like the last time Chrome Chaos, they played each other in Denver. It was like very back and forth for those first three quarters. And in that fourth quarter, the Chaos were held scoreless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest thing for me in this game is going to be obviously the goalie matchup. Blaze mm-hmm. is the reigning MVP. Ooh, I don't think anybody on the Chaos has had like a standout season so far. Like, I mean, there, there have been flashes of greatness, but I don't think that Blaze is obviously having another MVP type of season. Sean's been really good down the stretch of the season in net. So I think mm-hmm. that that's going to be the determining factor for me here is the goalies. Do you have like what could put one team over the edge? Yeah, I definitely agree with you that the goalie matchup is going to be kind of the biggest headliner in this one. So like you said, Scannoni's played out of his mind. He had like, I think he was 58% against the chaos the last time he saw him. And he saw a lot of shots. Both of them saw a lot of shots. You know, Blaze saw like 27 shots 
on net, which mm-hmm. again, like you said, it's not like Blaze is having the MVP season he had last year, but he's still Blaze Rudin. And I think yep. he's like very much still the foundation of this team, but you can't like as much as you'd love to rely on just him to do that. If you're like letting him see 27 shots on net, you know, defense, that game is kind of eh for him. And then also you have on the other end of things like this Chrome offense that is so persistent. Yeah. And Scannoni who saw, I feel like when he was up against chaos, he saw a lot of shots on net that he'd probably like to see where we know that chaos offense has so much potential. Like Josh Burns, one of the best shooters in the game, you know, he has all these highlight real worthy shots, like goals, whatever, but we don't see a ton of that. Like, it's just so weird because we've been saying it all season long. We know that this chaos offense, like chemistry is not an issue for them. Mm-hmm. It's just like they haven't been able to get in a group as a unit, which is so weird because they have been playing with each other. Like a lot of them, especially from that indoor season into outdoor. And then also, again, last year we saw it like that Canadian box style works for them. So it's just so weird that it hasn't panned out yeah. like we saw in the past. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm taking the Chrome. How about you? I'm also taking the Chrome. Okay. Good night, Andy Towers. We love you very much. Um, The second game is Archers Woods. I've been saying all season. I just, I feel like the Archers should be a lot better than they are. They have like, they just haven't put it together for me. I love the Woods. I feel like they definitely came back in the second half of the season. They really kind of needed to ride it out the last two, three games. Um, but I think that this is the best matchup that they could have in the postseason. I like this because I feel like it's kind of a full circle moment for them. Yeah. Because the Woods did have such a slow, like just a bad start to the season. And then they had that one goal loss to the Archers right before the All-Star break. And after that point, like, I know it was Rob Pinnell. He had like that six point game, like kind of just trying to like will him to a win, couldn't pull it off. And I feel like that was, again, like the turning point for them. So they're like every game from here on out is a playoff game. And it really seems like after the break, they reset from there. And it was that same mindset. Like TD had a very good game, that Archers game. That was his first actual good game. Like he just had a personally slow start. I feel like things just started turning after the all-star mm-hmm. break. Like that was the wake up call they needed. And just like, I forget who said it, but maybe it was Ryder said like, we're having fun again, you know, sharing the ball. Like we see, we're seeing a very different kind of Redwoods offense. I feel like than we saw in the past where it is like, you had so many, like you still do have so many stars who like can get the job done individually, but now you have like Pinnell quarterbacking this offense. Like since that Archer's game, he hasn't had one game where he's less than three points, you know, Charlie Bertrand's broke having a breakout season at the midfield. So you're no longer like, okay, Perk and Miles aren't producing. Then what are we bringing here? Yeah. I just feel like it's a very different cohesive unit than it was before. And again, when they're sharing the ball, like it's tough to stop them. And yeah, like the archers, well, archers offense, I think when they're clicking is the best offense in the league. Yeah, I agree. I, for me, it kind of, where I think that the woods kind of struggled was because they're used to guys like being able to rely on miles Jones perk, mm-hmm. um, 
and and jewels and it's like you you're used to relying on those guys but like your younger guys really stepped up this season like writer stepped up td kind of found his footing and it's like i think that that's kind of where maybe the power struggle was offensively for them is trying to figure out okay we have all of this young talent now how do we fit it in with the talent that we've had and the success we've had with that talent and i think that that maybe was like where like i don't i don't want to say like a power struggle because i don't believe that but it's like i think that that was the issue for me maybe early in the season and I'm hoping that like they can spread the scoring out on the freaking stat sheet because I think that that's what's going to be the difference maker. Yeah, I feel like also Pinnell has just revolutionized his game so much because he was like, when you look at Rob Pinnell, like a lot of people still just see him as this attackman who, okay, like he scores goals, he owns goal line extended, like don't let him get, to, go, don't let him get a goal line extended because he's going to score in you. But now we've seen him as like, okay, he can be a goal scorer, but he also can be a feeder. Like, again, he's having at least three point games every game. He's like, it's, if it's not like five assists, it's five goals. Like yeah. he can do it all at this point. And he also brings that veteran leadership to that offense to kind of guide. Yeah. And I think that opens opportunities for guys like Ryder, who is like this, such a creative shooter that now he's getting more opportunities to see the net that maybe he didn't see before because he's so focused on trying to make plays. And it's also tougher for defenses because it's like, okay, you have this super creative shooter, but then you also have Rob Pinnell, who is he going to shoot? Is he going to pass? Like, you don't know what he's going to do. He's just stepped up so much, I think, considering it's only his second season with the Redwoods and become like a much needed veteran voice. I feel like on that end that they needed that guidance. Like, yeah, you have Eddie Glazner on the defensive end, who is kind of another coordinating voice on that field, but especially with because. I'm going to assume Glazner isn't playing. I would assume that that injury is still like torn Achilles. I know they said that they wanted to get him right yeah. to playoffs. I don't see that happening this weekend, but I think it's just so important to have that extra voice. And then Rob Pinnell, like he's such a well-respected player, but then again, you just don't know what he's going to do anymore. It is kind of crazy to see someone like, yeah, he's only like 32, but he's on the older side. For <laughs> that lacrosse is older in players. lacrosse. Yeah. Yeah. That's older so in any sport. It's crazy to see him like, oh, okay. Like this is a whole different player now. Like he's just stepped up so much. And I think yep. that's been a very important thing for this Redwoods offense. Yeah, I agree. And I like, I don't want to take anything away from the archers. It's just my, I, I, my gut feeling is I'm not focused on them in this game. Like I really feel like the Redwoods, have a lot of expectations on them because of the roster that they have. I feel like, and the fact that fans love this team, like it's no secret that the like fans of the PLL, I feel like I, we see more woods jerseys than anything else other than mm -hmm. like maybe a Lyle Thompson Jersey or something like that. The fans love the woods. And it's like, I feel like that's probably a lot of pressure too, but I think that they need to get through this round. Yeah, I think if those, like the archers, if they get off to a hot start, I don't see how the Redwoods catch up to them. That's I the agree. thing. Like we've seen yeah. the archers get off to slow starts and then like kind of get that momentum in the second half, but it's like a little too late, like no matter how mm -hmm. many goals they score. Cause like, again, you have like Schreiber, Holman, Manny, Amen's back. He wasn't in the lineup when they were playing the Redwoods the first time around. Then also even guys like Ryan Ambler, he's had a goal in every game for the last four games. Connor Fields recently had that five goal game. Like if they can get rolling early on, like this offense can do so much damage. We saw them drop yeah. 20 on the cannons. And then also like 
I don't know. Like, I think it's important that the Redwoods do have that advantage at the faceoff stripe with, because yeah, Justin Anasio is not having a great season. He's a rookie. I don't discredit him for that at all. That's tough. But like TD had his first like good game this season against the Archers. And from that on, point on, like, yeah, neither of those two have playoff experience since TD wasn't in the playoffs last year. So he was injured. But also I was looking at the numbers for like a story I'm doing. And like TD, if he wins the initial clamp, then he wins 83% of his face-offs. Last time he saw Anasio, he was winning 60% of the initial clamp. So that one extra offensive possession, like as little time as the Archers offense have with the ball, I think is so, so important, especially when this was a one-goal game the last time around when the Redwoods really, their offense was all very scattered. Like they were not put together. And yeah, again, the Archers were without amens. But again, that was also Jack Kelly's first goal, like first start and goal. Like there's a lot of moving pieces in that game for the Redwoods. And since then we have seen the tides kind of turn. So mm-hmm. I think that TD being solid at the faceoff stripe, like he was the first time around is going to be huge for them. And especially when you don't have Glazner on the defensive end, I think Finn Sullivan's done a solid job stepping up, but when you're without one of your best defenders, that's obviously, especially against this offense is a huge blow. Yeah. And I like how you're kind of like looking at it as like a full circle moment from this matchup earlier this year. I will say the only other thing, and I know that this is like such a dumb thing to consider, but Mm -hmm. I kind of love that the woods have a little bit of attitude about them and they're, they're playing like they have a chip on their shoulder. You know what I mean? Like they know that they underwhelmed in the regular season. And I think that with some time off, like, I think I like that they have attitude. I like that in the postseason, and I don't know, just something about me is telling that the, telling me that I think the woods are going to win this game and they're going to make an exit next round. I'm also going the Redwoods in this matchup. So, okay. All right. We're really creative. Here we go. <laughs> it's either, I feel like when we do this, like we've had like two weekends where we were really off and it makes yeah. me feel like either we are way too invested into this when we pick like all the same picks that they're like good or we're just really delusional and there's no <laughs> in between so I mean I picked the cannons like every week <laughs> so Fair. I would say I'm definitely delusional in that sense. um last matchup is probably the hardest matchup for me to consider it's the atlas water dogs matchup I don't know this so I'm gonna ask you because I didn't see the injury report slash I don't know if it is kind of still up in the air Ryan Brown Okay. That damn. Ah, okay. So it's this. I mean, I'm glad that they saved this game for last because obviously I think it's going to be the best game. Mm-hmm. I really don't know how to feel. There's just so much pride in this game. I agree. It's the toughest one to make prediction about. I think when the water dogs got that win over the Atlas and overtime in Denver, I don't think it at all. It was the water dogs outplaying the Atlas. I think the Atlas made so many dumb, silly mistakes in that game that they let the game slip away from them. I think they're so evenly matched up in so many respects, but especially with their offense, their defense, you know, even just in the midfield, like you have Zach Courier, like there's just so much going on here. But then I think clearly the biggest thing that's going to be is Trevor Baptiste for the Atlas. Yeah. Like he can as we've seen so many times, make or break this entire game. He's so consistently great at the stripe. Like, it does not matter who you put out there. It does not matter who's on the wings. Like, 
he can single-handedly will his way to a win for his team. And especially after that tough overtime loss. I don't know. I don't know. He's also just such a tough guy. Like when he got injured, this, the clips that they put out afterwards during the all-star game and stuff of hit, or was it the all-star game that they put those clips out? Maybe the week after of him just really trying to battle through that injury. I'm like, I don't care if he's still not a hundred percent. He's going to ball the fuck out in the playoffs. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. that he gives a single shit if he's hurt or not. Like he's going to play and a hurt Trevor Baptiste. I still take over fucking anyone else at the face off, but it's like, he's also the kind of face off guy who can take it himself and go score himself. So I don't know. Like, I think I'm going to take the Atlas in this game just because I think that their roster is kind of what does it for me like we've talked about how they have all these all-star players but the water dogs are just gritty man like I think that they feel like they have something to prove and they have a lot of talent they have a lot of really good guys and I would love to see them kind of stick it to the barstool dorks so it's like I love that aspect of it too I feel like that's what they're playing for but I just this matchup is so hard to choose yeah, on top of the Baptiste thing, I'm like, playoff Eric Law, I do not want to bet against there. But I don't know. I don't know. I also just, like, love these teams both so much. I know I'm not supposed to say that, I but know. I do. But, I know. Uh, and it's, still, like, it's an exciting match for the sense, like, okay, you have the two top picks from the uh, college draft of 2021, Teat and Sowers, going up against each other. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just so hard. I this game, I like looked at the stats stuff. I'm like, they're so like evenly mashed up in so many ways. Yeah. Oh. I know. And it's like, like I said, I feel like, I really feel like the Atlas or the team. And I've said this before that they feel as though like it should be the, it should be them and the whips that kind of are dominating this season. And for some reason, they just hasn't, they haven't like panned out the way that I thought they would. And yeah, Baptiste was hurt for a little while and he's my MVP. I don't even care what anyone else says, but it's like the water dogs just really, I feel like they would claw their way no matter what to try and get out of this fucking game. Like they just, them in the chrome. Yes. Them in the chrome, two teams that will always play a full 48 minutes, probably the most annoying teams to play as an opponent. Because mm-hmm. they, the game is never over till it's over. And the Atlas know that very well against this team. Like, again, they let the game slip away from them. And then the Water Dogs win it in overtime. <laughs> yeah. I, my head is picking the Atlas, but my heart is picking the Water Dogs. And that's where I'm at with that. I'm going to go, again, it's like such a coin toss. Um I also just hate having to pick one or the other I know I said that I was in on the water dogs for the rest of the season a couple weeks ago but their last game I don't know I just fuck this I'm going so I'm going water dogs I'm going atlas so there's our tiebreaker that I did not expect that to be so hard. Like my heart is all in on them, but I just, my head is like, you cannot not pick the Atlas right now. 
I'm like another because Kieran McArdle's another guy that kind of like Rob Pinnell. I'm like he will same thing as Trevor Baptiste. Like that's another guy who can just kind of will his team. Like he can throw him on his back. Like we saw with the Whipsnakes game. Like he scored three or four goals in that final quarter. Gave the Whipsnakes their only loss of the season. So I'm like fuck it in the playoffs. I'm riding with Kieran McArdle. <laughs> yep. All right. So any other thoughts before we get into NHL stuff? Nope. All right. Um, yeah, I'll let you leave the NHL stuff through your notes. Yeah, there's only a couple things. Uh, my first one, Phil Kessel in Vegas is causing so much emotional conflict because I fucking love Phil Kessel. I mean, how do you not? But I also just hate the Golden Knights. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, now you guys have Bruce Cassidy and Phil. So I want to like you so badly and I will still cheer for those two individuals, but I just can never bring myself to be a Golden Knights fan or even somewhat supportive of them. <laughs> I yeah. am glad to see Phil end up there though. Cause I know he made a comment. He's like, I'm glad to be on a team that wants to actually play in the playoffs <laughs> rather yeah. than Arizona. Yeah. Okay. So this kind of leads me back to like the Bruce Cassidy thing. Are we anti Bruce Cass? Are we an anti Bruce Cassidy podcast now? I don't know, because as much like even though there's so much that leads me to believe like he was such a big issue, and we know he was with like the brusque and stuff. I still I liked him as a coach, like just from fan perspective, like outsider perspective. I think again, I don't think he was the guy to fire in that situation. I think if he were gonna fire him, you just fire everyone. Yeah. I'm still hoping that Bruce, like I think he deserves that clean slate after all this shit. I there's two sides to every story so I am cheering for him as an individual in Vegas I think it's a good move now looking back at everything that he's no longer the Bruins coach as yeah. an individual I still am cheering for Bruce Cassidy okay cool I for me it wasn't just like the DeBrusque stuff it was just kind of like the players that were willing to hang around after he was gone that I was like yeah I don't know I yeah, just like two sides to every story yeah I hate the like Vegas slander because I want to like the Knights but like I don't know it's all good I'm happy that like he's happy if you're happy I'm happy situation yeah um but I do love the Kadri stuff so I'm glad you put that in here if you want to talk about that yeah so Kadri had the cup this weekend he brought it to the London Muslim mosque it's the first time in history the cup has been in a mosque there was definitely some, um, you know, how Twitter people are. They're like, I mean, why are you bringing, yeah, why are you bringing <laughs> religion into this? Meanwhile, the cup has been inside churches a billion times. Like people have baptized their children in there. Like, just say that you are racist and go. I'm like, this is fucking awesome, especially because Kadri is the only like Muslim res- representation you have in the NHL. So for a younger kid playing hockey. Like one, he's already someone to look up to. And now you get to see that representation even more so like in your everyday life, like in a mosque, like that's never been done before. That's so cool. I think that's awesome that he did that. It was a really cool video of like his family was all there. You know, they had the flag. Like it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll just never understand the crowd. That's like representation doesn't matter. It absolutely fucking matters. Like a thousand percent, one million percent. And it's like, okay. You're the first person, though, to be like, oh, I'm not a racist. Oh, I don't care what religion you are. Just don't throw it in my face. That means that you are a racist. Because if you weren't, 
then you wouldn't care. You'd be like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go on with my day. It's the fact that you feel the fucking need to say something about it. That is the problem. Because if this was a church, you would not blink an eye about it. You would not think twice about it. And it's like, that's the thing is that like, okay, Muslim hockey fans, when people are baptizing their kids in the fucking Stanley Cup, aren't like, oh my God, I can't believe that they're baptizing their child in the Stanley Cup. Nobody gives a fuck because it's normalized. Like take Mm -hmm. your fucking prejudice somewhere else. You're the first people to be like, oh, this has no place in hockey. Okay, then let it have no place in hockey and shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, I'm like anyone that saw that and didn't just immediately think that's cool. Like that's nice to see. Like you have your own issues to work out. I thought that was a great moment. Absolutely. And it is a great moment. And the fact that like the, it's crazy to me. And we say this all the time that in the year 2022, this is a first. Mm -hmm. That's the sad thing to me. Like we shouldn't even be having this conversation right now. Like he should just be able to take the fucking Stanley cup wherever he wants and it not be a thing. And it's like the fact that he probably was like, wow, I am going to take the Stanley cup to the first mosque in the year 2022 as the only Muslim to ever win a Stanley cup. Like that's just crazy to me. Also, this kind of my last comment on the whole thing. If you are more upset about him bringing it to the mosque and like Jordan Bennington's girlfriend pissing in the cup. Yes. (laughs) Yes. all like, I did not see enough outrage about that. Great point. Great point. Um, yeah, I 1000% agree because if you want to get mad about there, yeah, the, the shit people do to disrespect that cup and (laughs) someone is celebrating their religion that has nothing to do with you. Shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Um, our closing stuff, pop culture shit of the week. I tweeted about this last night. I don't know when you filled out your notes, but I saw it this morning. Young gravy. I love Young Gravy. I know this whole thing is a publicity thing. I just feel so bad for Addison Ray. I truly Me feel so bad too. for that girl. Me too. I, okay, so here's my thing. For me, ba- like, I, for me, I really like Cone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when I was watching this yesterday, I was like, it seems to me like, young gravy is doing this for publicity the way that he was kissing her and like took every opportunity that he could to do that and she like actually thinks it's a relationship yeah I do not think that woman should be going out on again I've never gone through a divorce and like she's getting cheated on like her husband's cheating on her like 19 year olds and stuff to each their own I do not think being in the public spotlight for something like this that's very clearly a publicity stunt is the best way to heal. That's just me. But then also, again, you do have kids and you have a kid who's in the spotlight who's Mm -hmm. most affected by this. You know, she's already dealing with her father flirting and hooking up with girls like her age or younger, which is so much to deal with on its own. And she has millions of people looking at her for it. And then you have her mom. Like, I know her and her mom unfollowed each other on Instagram. Like, it's been this whole big thing. And Sherry's yeah. like, oh, like, I'm just trying to do what's best for me. Like, whatever. And yeah, like, definitely put your happiness first. But also, you have children. And especially, again, you have this daughter in the spotlight who's still, she's like 21. She's so young. This is so much for her to be taking in. 
And now she has to answer to, okay, now my mom's going on a date with fucking Young Gravy. That's very obviously publicity stunt, but yep. she like, who knows what she thinks it is. Like that is so much from one person. I, my heart goes out to that poor girl. Me too. And it's like, I never feel bad for Addison because like she has a lot of shit that I don't agree with about her, but it's like, I hate that she's go. I, I, as someone who has like dealt with like issues in my family, like I hate that she's like having to go through this in the spotlight, but what makes this worse is the way that her parents are behaving. Her dad wanting to, her dad is like dropping. I don't know if you saw this. He's dropping like a rap diss track. Yeah. That it's is, very clear they want like fame for themselves and it's like you people only know who you are because of your daughter and now you're humiliating her yeah and now like the tana mojo thing have you seen all of that yeah that's just like crazy to me but like last night like i genuinely really do think that young gravy is this is just publicity for him I really oh, think that it's doubt. like it's just playing into like his MILF thing. And I mm-hmm. really think that her mom thinks that she is like in on this like young rap. Like I I really think that her mom is being very delusional about what this relationship is. Did you see all of the like random kissing they were doing yeah. last night? <sighs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Terrible situation all around. Yeah. Um, my pop culture shit. I have two comments. One, Britney dropped a new song with Elton John. I'm here for it. I it's I kind of love all of these Elton John remixes. Like I love that he is kind of taking two generations of music and like mixing them together. I think it's a cool way for kids to kind of like bond with their parents over like their music that it like with like his stuff with Dua Lipa. Like I thought that that was mm-hmm. really good. Like, I don't know, like I'm happy about it. Like I like it. Yeah. I like the song and I'm glad to see Britney's like making music again and music that clearly she wants to be making. I think it's a great step in the right direction for her all yeah. around big fan. Yeah, um, I I like it. I think it's, yeah, like, and it goes to show that, like, you might be going through some shit, but, like, if Britney Spears can put out music right now, like, you can do anything, girl. <laughs> um, And then I think that the VMAs were just so ratchet. Like, I didn't watch them, but I obviously am on social media and saw, like, a lot of stuff last night that, like, clips and stuff, like, the twerking hologram and, like, Oh, I didn't see any of that. Some of the performances, like I get that like today's music is just a little bit more risque and whatnot, but there was literally, I'm going to see if I can find the twerking hologram to show you from last night, because I don't know what happened to the VMAs. I feel like it used to be like this event that was like cool to like attend and stuff, but I don't, it's just not. I just feel like all award shows have kind of gone to shit. Also my AirPods wrote to die. Okay. We'll get through this. This is the twerking hologram over the crowd. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. All award shows are just like, I don't know what they are anymore, but just all stuff. I feel like they want to go viral on social yeah. media for. Yep. Um, my tea party segment, Pepev signed with the Lakers. I think that that's him and Russell Westbrook have kind of like beef. And I, I feel like that <laughs> is our sign that Russell Westbrook is on his way out of LA um you didn't have any tea party and you have no tweets i saw pete blackburn tweet that how dare taylor swift 
put her album out the same day as Carly Rae Jepsen because she's about to get smacked in the ratings. And I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, other than that, I got nothing. Uh, yeah, my post docs just like watch Faves for an ESPN Plus that came out today and then also watch Kill Playoff all Saturday. Yeah, I'm gonna watch. Yeah, I'm gonna watch Fate of Sports tonight while I pack. I did not get enough done to come over. Sorry, love you, but see you when my apartment is not here, homies. Keep on sipping. Hope you guys enjoyed the early episode. Only tell the truth. What the hell you do? You got that juice. Fresh squeeze to Q. I can tell you new, and it ain't just you. Girl, it ain't just you. It's your whole damn crew. Got the haters on mute. Cause they love that view. Keep looking at you. Ain't nothing new. This is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. When Sundays are for the boys, the Saturdays for the girls. Get them girl, get them girl. Cause this is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. When Sundays are for the boys, the Saturdays for the girls. Get them girl, get them girl. Uh. Saturday, y'all. Uh, Saturdays and Celsius. <laughs> With your hosts, Kendra and Sarah. Uh, y'all know who it is. It's your boy KR. Spot a kiss on the track. <laughs> Let's go. Uh.